What up, people? It is Saturday, October 16th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast, so let's talk. Uh, It has been a minute since the last podcast, so let me go back a few weeks. And um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the show Big Brother. I watched Big Brother since the beginning, uh, and they just completed their 23rd season of the show. And this particular season was a historical one, actually, uh, because of the fact they had the most diverse cast this season that they've ever had in 23 seasons. Uh, the typical cast would be young, white, uh, in shape, athletic, with a couple of minorities thrown in, a couple of one or two people from the LGBT community thrown in, but the majority of the cast was young, white, male or female, and uh, that has been the majority of the 23 seasons, or the first 22 seasons, but this 23rd season, um, they had six minorities who identify as black, um, another Asian guy who was one of my favorites on the show, but having that many black people on the show six uh, is historic. And I thought it was interesting from the very beginning when they uh, revealed the cast for season 23 and reading the comments on their Facebook page. A lot of people were saying that this did not look like a season they would be interested in watching. Um, You know, just a lot of those kind of comments just very negative about the diversity of the cast. And actually had a, a big dude on there too, um, who's actually the son of the boxer, um, Joe Frazier. But just watching the comments and reading the comments about uh, how people did not like the diversity of the cast was interesting. But this season was a good one because from the very beginning, once they entered the house and saw people that looked like them within the house, they decided to stick together from the very beginning. And this is the first time where uh, a six-member alliance made it to the end, as well as the first black winner of the show was guaranteed. And I applaud all of them for uh, putting their personal games to the side and deciding to make this historic uh, this historic alliance called the cookout. So, I mean, it was just brilliant the way they played it. They rarely were seen all together at once. They all had one other side person from the house that they got close to to uh, kind of manipulate to vote their way and they were able to make it to the final six. And again, the first time in the history of the show, this being the 23rd season, where there was a six-person alliance that made it all the way to the end and also guaranteed the first minority uh, winner of Big Brother. And it was just amazing to watch. Uh, It was historic. And even the host, Julie Chen, talked about how historic it was and gave them props for putting their own personal game aside um, to make this stand. 
and it was interesting throughout the season to watch and read comments about how people saying that they're racist because they're voting all the white people out. But it's funny when uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's white, who watches the show as well, and I was telling her um, how diverse the cast was, and I thought it was a good thing. But I didn't know how long they would last. I thought they would immediately be targets. And she was saying that she doesn't see color, blah, blah, blah. You know, it shouldn't be a big deal. And it's easy for somebody like that to say when you constantly see people that look like you represented. And you rarely see people that look like me represented. So to me, it was somewhat of a big deal. Because again, this is season 23. And they've never had this happen before. So that says a lot. And I knew there was going to be backlash in the season because of that. Um, But it ended up being probably one of my favorite seasons um, because of that, because of the historical nature. And to some people, it may seem small, but again, people who see themselves represented on all of these shows, it's easy to, to dismiss how historic and what a big deal this actually was. Um, so kudos to that whole cast of, and even the people that got kicked out of the house gave them credit and kudos for um, being able to pull this off. So congratulations to them. It was a great season. Uh, another big thing that's happened since the last podcast is Dave Chappelle's uh, special, The Closer, came out on Netflix to a lot of criticism. Um, I watched it twice, and I enjoyed it. Uh, Dave's specials on Netflix has not been the funniest specials I've ever seen. Uh, To me, Dave is bigger than just a comedian. Um, He provokes thought, and I think he had a lot of valid uh, points within his special um, that he's getting flack for. But I think he had a lot of valid concerns and issues and criticisms and comments. Uh, not to say I agree with everything he said, but I do think uh, there's a culture that if you say anything about them, you're immediately canceled. Like there are a lot of people trying to cancel Dave Chappelle over his jokes without looking at the bigger picture. Um, I think Dave is very calculated in what he says. And the way he draws his parallels, um, I mean, it's just, it's very interesting uh, the way he draws his parallels and ties in what's relevant today to his uh, comedy. And he had a lot of jokes about transgender, um, LGBT community, but I personally don't think he's transphobic, homophobic, or anything like that. I think he has a point of view, but I didn't get that uh, from the special. But also, I can't tell anybody else what to be offended by or what not to be offended by. That's not my place to tell them that. But what I do know with comedy is um, people will laugh at things that don't affect them or don't hit home with them. It's all fun and games until it actually hits them. And then they want to cancel you. Um, You know, I didn't personally, I enjoyed the specials. Uh, 
and Dave has, you know, he's come out and just, he stands by what he said, and Netflix stands by what he said, uh, but again, I can't tell somebody what to be offended by or not to be offended by, uh, it's just all in personal opinion, but I do know cancel culture is, is real, and I think a lot of people go to this cancel culture uh, without looking at the bigger picture or looking at something a little more in-depth than what it may seem. And this leads me to John Gruden. Um, John Gruden was the former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And it came out that some old emails from 10 years ago where he was racially insensitive to the president of the... um, player personnel, I forgot exactly what D. Smith's title is, but the Players Association president, I think that's what it is, who happens to be black, and there were some emails that uh, had some racial uh, undertones that John Gruden sent, and when it was just that email about the racism and the racist comments, all he had to do was apologize, and he said, you know, I don't have a racist bone in my body, and It was not meant to be racist, blah, blah, blah. So there was no huge outrage over that. But then more emails came out um, about him being homophobic and uh, speaking on players in the LGBT community. Um, That's when he had to go. That's when he had to lose his job. And I think that's part of what Dave Chappelle was talking about when it's racial people can usually get a pass with an apology, but when you insult that community, you have to go, you're immediately canceled. And I think that was a big portion of what Dave Chappelle's special was trying to point out, the discrepancy in how um, council culture is implemented depending on what's said or done. Because when it's racist, people can generally get by with an apology. But when it's homophobic, they're canceled, they have to go. And the John Gruden situation is a perfect perfect example of that, in my opinion. Uh, but fortunately, uh, he's gone. He was relieved of his duties. And um, I can guarantee there are more um, coaches that feel the same way he did. It's just a matter of time before that stuff is, is released as well. But I just wonder, these emails are 10 years old, why now, and who done it, and what the motivation behind that was. Um, because maybe he could have been reprimanded or taken care of a long time ago. Because I think he signed a 10-year, $100 million contract uh, to coach the Raiders. So why not do it before he got the job? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it was, you know, they've been released, and he's facing his consequences now. And then Sage Steele, who is a biracial um, reporter on ESPN. And she's she's the typical uh, tap dancer. She's a Jason Whitlock type person who, in my opinion, has self-hatred. Because Jason Whitlock, Sage Steele, spend more time demeaning black athletes than anything else um and black people period so sage still was on a podcast i think with jay cutler 
and she said she was telling the story about a friend of hers asking her how she would identify herself on the census and um, she said she would I think she said she would mark both black and white or something like that but you can only go into one category and her friend said well Obama identifies as black and her response to that was um, I don't understand why he would identify as black when his black father was not in the picture but his white mother and grandmother were they're the ones that raised him and I don't know, that just, that type of mentality really bothers me. Because if you look at Sage Steele, you'll automatically think she's black because she has the darker skin. But to me, that type of um, ideology is rooted in a lot of self-hate. It's almost like she hates the minority part of herself. And it's the same with like a Jason Whitlock. Uh, I've never liked him. Uh, he's the one that um, constantly criticized LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James had some racist stuff spray painted on his house. And Jason Whitlock had the nerve to say, well, he doesn't know what struggling is. And, you know, look at where LeBron came from. But conservatives love people like that. They love people who will basically shit on black athletes. And to that point, Kyrie Irving, a basketball player for the Brooklyn Nets, um, he's refusing to get the vaccine. He says he's not anti-vax, but now he's not going to be able to play um, until he gets the vaccine. And he said he's standing up for his rights, and again, he's not anti-vax. And uh, there are several other NBA players, black NBA players, that have the same stance. I think there are maybe three or four um, that feel the same way. But now you have conservatives who are tweeting and standing with these athletes not getting the vaccine and saying that, you know, they appreciate them using their platforms to do that. But these are the same conservatives that told LeBron James to shut up and dribble when it came to Black Lives Matter and uh, police brutality. So to me, when you have a conservative jumping on that bandwagon, they're only doing it because you support uh, the same nonsense that they support. And especially with Fox News supporting this, Fox News came out, or Fox, I think, as a company, came out and they have a vaccine mandate their employees have to be vaccinated. But yet now they're using their platform to support black athletes that uh, don't want to take the vaccine. And I just find that very interesting and troubling. But it doesn't surprise me because Ted Cruz tweeted uh, his support for these players as well. So, to me, when you have conservatives supporting you, something's wrong with that picture. You're not doing something right. Um, That's my opinion. But you have to wonder what's going on when they now all of a sudden support you for using your platform uh, to give your opinion about something. But they didn't support LeBron and other players who wanted to stand up for police brutality or stand up against police brutality. 
Uh, and then there was a very interesting 60 minutes piece on with the Facebook whistleblower. And the whistleblower basically said that she had a lot of proof. She took a lot of uh, emails and things of that nature, just basically stating that Facebook thrives off of misinformation and chaos. Um, you know, they, I know Zuckerberg testified before Congress stating how what Facebook was doing to try to uh, curb the misinformation that's being posted on their platform uh, and all of the hate speech. But when it comes down to it, those are the type of articles and posts that get the most uh, attention. It's the misinformation. It's the hatred uh, that drives clicks. And the more clicks they get, the more money they make. So they don't have a, uh, they don't have a reason to try to slow that down. And she had proof of that. And the interesting part about uh, the whistleblower is the day after she was on 60 Minutes, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp was down for several hours that very next day. And in my opinion, Facebook or Zuckerberg did this on purpose so they could scrub their servers of all of this information because I'm pretty sure subpoenas are coming. And if they could get rid of that information before those subpoenas come, uh, that would be good for them. So I just find it very ironic that the day after this whistleblower uh, gave a lot of explicit information and uh, proof of what Facebook was doing and how they aren't necessarily doing the right things, um, it went down for several hours. So we'll see what happens with that. But I, I don't trust any of these platforms. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, uh, I don't use Instagram or WhatsApp. But I know for a fact Facebook and TikTok are, uh, their information is manipulated. And as much hatred I've seen on both of those uh, apps, I don't take any of it seriously at all. So it's amazing to watch people get into Facebook and uh, TikTok beefs with other people. You know, it's, it's just stupid. And people take this stuff way too seriously. But uh, I've always had a feeling that Facebook, they thrive on this stuff. They thrive on the misinformation because they allow it to go on. So none of this surprises me, but I'm pretty sure that uh, there are going to be some subpoenas coming and they're going to have to answer for what they're doing and what they've allowed on their platform again. But that's why I don't take any of these platforms that seriously at all. Uh, and speaking of the misinformation that um, that's out there, uh, a Maryland man killed his pharmacist brother for giving out the COVID shot because he said the government was poisoning people with the shots and that the shots killed people. So he felt like his brother who administered the shots um, was killing people. So he killed his brother and his sister-in-law. And this is why all of the misinformation that's out there is so dangerous. Um, Even now, a friend of mine who doesn't want to get the vaccine, 
her brother just died last week. And I think his funeral is today, as a matter of fact. Um, he was on a ventilator and he had no brain activity, so they took him off the ventilator and he passed away. Um, yeah, I think it was late last week, but she still won't get the vaccine. Watching him go through what he went through, seeing him on the ventilator and dying from COVID, she still won't get the vaccine. And when we've talked about it, her response is, well, somebody told me that the vaccine kills people. And it's, it's a shame, but it's, um, it's sad. You know, personally, I just don't understand why people are so anti this vaccine. And I got the vaccine. My parents got it. I know a bunch of people that has gotten it. And none of us are dead. You know, when she told me that she heard the vaccine kills people, I asked her, how many people do you know got the vaccine? And she said, a bunch. I said, well, how many of them are dead? None of them are. But I've seen what's happened to people that didn't have the vaccine that's died. My pastor, I'm 99% sure my pastor was not vaccinated. And it's just so many other people who've been very anti-vax. Prominent people who, you know, have their own platforms and have a lot of followers and they were very anti-vax and then they ended up dying from, from COVID. And I just for the life of me can't understand um, what the hesitancy is and honestly if anybody should be hesitant about getting vaccines it should be black people because of the Tuskegee experiment and I was hesitant in the beginning Um, I definitely didn't want to be in the first couple of waves of people getting it so it's Honestly, I'm just tired of this whole conversation about the vaccine and these anti-vaxxers, anti-masks. It's, I'm just over it all. Um, if you don't want to get the vaccine, I've said it a million times, don't get it. Uh, but there are going to be consequences of that. And don't bitch about it when you have to face those consequences. Because all of this misinformation, and I heard this and I read something on Facebook, uh, it's just it's ridiculous that that's what people are going by instead of actual scientists and doctors um and then speaking of misinformation old Rudy Giuliani testified in a deposition about the election fraud that he uh, kept claiming and out of his mouth he said that he had no proof of the election fraud and he got his information partly from Facebook memes that there was election fraud. And uh, he said that Trump made him uh, defend him and didn't pay him. And he did it for free. So Giuliani testifies and states under oath that he didn't have any proof of election fraud and he got his information from Facebook. So he did all of that, put his reputation on the line Um, He's barred from practicing uh, as an attorney in several states because of this misinformation. And he did that because Trump told him to, with no proof at all. 
And also, if you look at a lot of the lawsuits he filed, the reason that they were uh, dismissed is because in uh, the filing, they don't even claim election fraud. But in public, they claim election fraud. But under oath, they won't, they didn't claim election fraud. So this fool is still telling the same lie uh, in his rallies. He's still having, it's just sad. This, the state of our world right now is just such a sad, pathetic state. I'll be glad we get back to just reality because they're, Half of the country is not living in reality at this point. Um, then we continue to have issues with police brutality. Uh, there was a paraplegic man pulled over by the police. He told them that his legs didn't work and they kept telling him to get out of the car. Of course he couldn't. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the car and threw him face down uh, when he couldn't move from the waist down. Then you had a black man in Indiana that was handcuffed. And I watched this video and it angered me because this man is handcuffed. The police officer is holding him by his waistband, pulling him forward towards him. As he's, he has his left hand on the man's waistband, holding him and pulling him towards him. And he's using his right hand, telling the man to step back. So the man is like, how can I step back? You're holding me. Then he just throws him on the ground. And another, apparently a police sergeant came up, stomped the man in the face. Now, this was caught on body cam. And fortunately, that particular cop, the sergeant who stomped the man in the face, was arrested, fired from his job. And now he's charged with two felonies. And the police chief, uh, you know, said that he was distraught by what happened because it was unnecessary. But these types of things continue to happen. And when I continue to see these type of incidents happen, uh, police aren't scared at all. Uh, you can tell the police you're going to file lawsuits or you're going to make complaints, but they're not afraid because they have qualified immunity. Uh, and then I saw a video this was very disturbing and this was just a cop acting badly uh, and I think the motorist was actually white um, a lady was stopped for speeding and her husband was in the passenger seat uh, so when, and this is from the cops body cam he approaches the driver's side and told the lady she was speeding and the husband just kind of said bullshit the cop proceeds to take the husband out of the car and asking him why is he so angry he was like well because you know I, I don't think my wife was speeding then he accused the man of beating his wife just out of the blue he asked the man do you beat your wife did he ask the wife does your husband have an anger problem and she said, yes, he could get mad sometimes. He went back to the man and accused him of being a wife beater and said that your wife doesn't want you back in the car with her because you, she's afraid of you. All of that just because the man said bullshit under his breath. And police have way too much authority um, 
and to make stuff up. And the fact that a lot of times when they do their internal investigation, they're investigating themselves and they're rarely found guilty of anything. Um, that's why we have to do away with qualified immunity and you have to be able to sue these people. You have to be able to sue the department and to me, sue the cops individually as well because until they're held accountable because if you sue, have a civil suit, taxpayer pay those those penalties. Uh, you know, if the motorist wins the civil suit, that money comes from taxpayer dollars. But we have to be able to do more. That's why it's important that the Biden administration pass some type of police reform and end qualified immunity. I've seen so many videos where uh, the police are 100% in the wrong and people threaten to sue and they say, I don't care, go ahead and sue. This is my name because they know nothing is going to happen. And it's frustrating because what do you do when you feel like there's no recourse and people can just treat you any kind of way? It's just not fair. And then I'm still seeing a lot of uh, videos of people weaponizing the police. Uh, for instance, there was a, a, a black guy in a parking garage. He was getting out of his car and apparently before he started filming, this Hispanic lady walked over to him and accused him of breaking into her car. And he's like, what? He's like, I had my car broken into as well. And she's just accusing him of breaking into her car because he had on a hoodie and he had a backpack. And she said, that's what the suspect had uh, on when they broke into her car. So there was a follow-up where the uh, actual news uh, news station got involved to interview both the accuser and the accused. And the accuser, the female, she said that the uh, black man overreacted. And the problem I have with this is in so many of these cases where black people are accused of something, we can't get upset because then we're deemed the angry black person. And I've actually had this happen to me personally. Um, my ex-girlfriend and I were having an argument. She took my cell phone. So I took her purse. She called the police telling them that I stole her property. And I'm in the background. I'm saying, just give me my phone back. But yet, I'm yelling. And she's just as calm as she can be. See, you can hear him. He's yelling at me. And the police came. Uh, and fortunately, the police were cool. And when they walked in, they were like, you know what's going on? I said, all I want is my phone back. And she still had my phone in her hand. And the police were like, just give him his phone. It was simple as that. But there are so many cases. There was another video I saw yesterday in the airport where this lady was yelling at this black man. The black man was just standing there. And finally he had enough and he started cussing her out. So when people started coming around, she started crying like she was a victim. And that's what happens. And, you know, again, that kind of makes us look like we're the aggressor when we have a right to be upset about being falsely accused about stuff. You know, and but 
we have to learn to check our anger because again when somebody shows up and it's us um, you know a lot of times we're already looked at as the aggressor anyway and another video I saw it was three black kids who were stopped by the cops uh, and guns drawn on them and I think the oldest looked like maybe 13 or 14 years old and what happened was a lady from a Buffalo Wild Wings, a manager, she called the police saying that there was a white guy um, chasing three black kids around with a knife. Well, they were the three black kids that would be a chase, but they were pulled out at gunpoint and the perpetrator got away. Oh, and let me back up real quick too, to the story about the man in the parking lot that was accused by the Hispanic lady. Um, once they did the interview with the Hispanic lady, it came out that the suspect who broke into her car was a white dude in a hoodie, not a black dude. So, it's just, it continues to happen time and time again. And it's tiring, it's mentally uh, stressful dealing with these type of things on a regular basis, seeing these type of things because this can happen to me. Uh, and then in Georgia, at Coosa High School, uh, Coosa High School was under fire because they had um, like a spirit day, and I think it was called Farm Day or something within the past couple of weeks. And there were four white students that carried Confederate flags and apparently were using a lot of racial slurs uh, towards black students, and they were not punished. So the black students decided to protest um, the Confederate flag and they were all the black students that participated were suspended for two weeks. So it's okay to use racial slurs and carry the Confederate flag around on campus, but you can't wear any Black Lives Matter or anything like that attire. And even if you want to protest racism, you get kicked out of school for two weeks. Uh, also, here in uh, Texas, in Carroll, Texas, which is not far from me, uh, the school board said that if you have a book in your class, they told teachers, if you have a book in your class about the Holocaust, you must have a book with an opposing view in your class as well. And this goes back to the whole critical race theory thing where they want you to, I guess, balance out the thought so you're not pushing one side and what's the other side of the Holocaust? That you're for the Holocaust? Or what's the other side of slavery that you're for slavery? You know, people want to whitewash history so bad. And even when I've heard Trump talk about they're uh, taking away what uh, this country was founded on and you have to respect this country. No, you don't. Because if this country doesn't treat you well, and I get tired of the go back to where you came from or leave instead of trying to correct the problem. But the country that we have, if it works for you, there's nothing to correct. And you don't see the error in what's going on in the fact that people aren't being treated equally. And I think people need to be grateful that 
minorities just want to be treated equally and we don't want revenge because that's that would be a whole different topic but the fact that they don't even want us to be treated equally is because they still have this air of superiority um, over us they still think that they're better than us and you're not um, and you can continue to try to hold us there um, even in Texas they just uh, try to redistrict a lot of the voting areas and make it almost impossible for uh, a Democrat to win but it's not going to work man. it's not going to work we're going to continue to fight this stuff and uh, Greg Abbott this dumbass signed an executive order stating that uh, businesses could not have a vaccine mandate and it's interesting that conservatives constantly talk about government overreach but yet this dude could sign a executive order saying that private businesses could not have a vaccine mandate and of course this is not going to stand up uh, in the court it's just not you can't tell a private business how to operate so the fact that he even did it though to placate to his base or to Trump's base because that's what he's doing uh, is amazing and also just recently um, one of Greg Abbott's challenges for governor uh, tweeted out that Texas should not be using their tax dollars to uh, promote transgender ideology so Greg Abbott had uh, any mention of suicide prevention resources removed from the Family Protective Services website uh, just because his opponent tweeted that out. So if you have a child who uh, is part of the LGBT community and they're looking for resources, uh, they won't find any on the Family and Protective Services website because it's been removed because of Greg, Greg Abbott and not wanting to piss off that base. Uh, so I'm just just it's too much from everywhere just going on uh, all these idiots and stupidity um, especially within our politics right now it, it, I've just kind of had it with all of it uh, but on to a different subject something came up a couple of weeks ago with the Baltimore Ravens um, the Baltimore Ravens were chasing a record of having at least 100 rushing yards in consecutive games. And at the end of the game with the Denver Broncos, and I think this was maybe three weeks ago, they were like two or three yards short uh, of continuing that streak. And it was at the end of the game where the game was over, Baltimore was going to win, all they had to do was kneel and just run the clock out. Well, they decided to run a play pick up two or three yards that they needed to continue the streak and they got it and after the game uh, Denver's coach was pissed off and saying that in his all his years of coaching he's never seen anything like that done before and personally I don't blame them for doing it I don't blame the Ravens for doing it uh, this is a historical thing that they're doing and all you have to do is stop them simply that but if you can't stop them, don't be mad at them for doing it. I don't, I'm not mad at them chasing the record. Uh-oh. 
then the Cowboys have been playing pretty well. I think they're 4-1. They play the Patriots tomorrow, which should be a decent game, but without Tom Brady. Don't know what Patriots team you're going to get, but um, I'm still not 100% sold on the Cowboys just yet, but I just take it game by game. But the thing is with me, I am not a diehard fan. I'm a fan, but if they lose, it does not affect my day. Um, and one of my pet peeves are people who refer to teams that they like as we. Like, we're going to do this as if they're a part of the team and they're on the payroll. That annoys me. Because, uh, you know, you're diehard like that. That kind of stuff affects your mood. It affects your day if they lose. And I'm just, I'm not cool with that. I don't want I don't let a game that doesn't affect me, that I'm not involved in, affect my mood like that. Um, but this weekend should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as far as my fantasy teams go, I'm actually doing fairly well in two of the three. And in the third one, I'm just, I think I'm two and three right now. Four and one in another one and three and two in another one. So at least I'm on the positive side in the majority of them. And on the last podcast, I mentioned the October TikTok challenge about slapping a teacher. Well, I did hear of one case where this black girl slapped a teacher, a 67-year-old teacher, and of course she was arrested as she should be and charged with assault. So uh, that's the only thing I've heard of at this point, thank goodness. But I'm not sure what the next ridiculous challenge is going to be. But people need to lay out these TikTok challenges because it's, it's just dumb and it can get you in a lot of trouble that could affect you for the rest of your life. One, one mistake from being stupid and young can affect the rest of your life, especially if you end up getting a felony because uh, that will last. And then I watched Squid Games and I was so confused. I mean, I thought it was okay. I guess it's worth the watch. Um, I don't know if they had voiceovers or what the case was, but the voices didn't match the characters at all. And there was one female character on there that I was hoping would die. She was so annoying. But I would give that a six and a half out of ten uh, if I had to. It it was okay. I guess it's worth the watch. That's kind of what the hype has been the past few weeks. But... Uh, it, it was somewhat interesting. I guess it was entertaining. And then last week I took a couple of days off and went to the casino, um, which was very, very relaxing. Being able to sit and just play poker for a while. Um, that's kind of my thing I do to relax. So definitely time that was needed. Uh, played pretty well too. I was pleased with how I played. I like to analyze my hands after the fact and, you know, think about if I would have done anything differently. And for the three and a half, four hours I played, I can only think of one hand I would have played differently. But in that particular hand, I did lose a lot of money. Um, I ended up winning some, lost some back, got caught in a couple of hands where I had really good hands, but they just happened to have a better hand than me. And that's just... 
that's poker, that's how it goes. But still, I had a good time. I was able to spend the night and just hang out and just kind of decompress and, and um, disconnect from a lot of this nonsense. So that's something I need to do at least once every couple of months. So looking forward to the next time. Uh, and this week's verbal middle finger, it goes to a guy named Jermaine. I don't have a last name, but this dude uh, worked at Subway. And he filmed himself standing up on the counter and walking over the meat. So all the meat where they fix your sandwich in front of you, vegetables, all of that. He was just walking over that in his tennis shoes. Uh, he also filmed himself putting that same meat on the toilet seat in the bathroom. Uh, he also filmed himself going into the drink case, opening up some drinks sipping out of them, putting them back in there. And, I mean, obviously this was something that was just done for clout and uh, likes on TikTok. And, of course, he's been fired, but I'm hoping he's being charged with something as well. Um, destruction of property, anything. Because it, it's just so stupid. And he showed his name tag, uh, and he had his subway shirt on. And I think this is the same dude that filmed himself last year going into a CVS and just knocking stuff off the shelf, just running down the aisle with his hand out, just knocking stuff off the shelf. And the fact that people feel like they have to do this kind of stuff just for some likes or clicks in social media is just ridiculous. But again, this is what I'm saying. I hope he's charged with something. I hope he goes to jail. And these are the type of things you're intentionally doing just for clout. And this is the kind of stuff that can affect you the rest of your life. Um, I hope it does. He deserves whatever his repercussions are because it was dumb. So you get the right middle finger for being a dumbass. Um, And the quote for this week is, Don't worry if people don't like you. Most people are struggling to like themselves. So that is it for this week. Until next time, God bless. Peace.